Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see change lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, good morning again. I'm Andy Mon, and one of the pastors here at the Valley Church. Just great to be with you. And man, great to be in this series. Whether you've uh, come here on campus, whether you're online, I hope that this has been life changing for you. Uh, man, it, I don't know how many of you have dug into the book of Revelation before. Some have. Some have been sort of scared away. It just seems inaccessible, a little too deep, maybe hard to pull the cookies down from the top shelf and bring it right here. But I believe God's doing that for us in this series. Before we launch in, there's one thing I want to tell you about, and that is our teen camp coming up. Man, if you know a teen who, who is, maybe they're, maybe they're in your home, maybe they're a grandchild, maybe it's the, the, the teen next door, we'd love for them to go to teen camp. It's for ages 6 to 12th grade, but here's the deal. It is just this time where, you, where they get away, where they spend some time away from all the noise of the world. You know how noisy it can get to just experience God. And we want the teens to be able to do that. We weren't able to do that last year in the same way we're doing it this year. And I'm going to encourage you, if you know a teen, send them to this camp. Let them experience God away from all the noise of the world. And by the way, there's always a few teens that can't go every year. They just don't have the finances. If, if you would like to be a part of sending a teen to, teen to camp, uh, I, I don't know exactly. I, can't even, I don't even know what the number is. You can look online. But, but any, any amount would be appreciated to, to, to send some kids that otherwise wouldn't get to go and to experience this. You can just market teen uh, sponsorship. And uh, we'd love to send some teens to this camp. We think it's going to be life-changing. Remember, we're a church about the next generation. Not for the future, but for the now. Well, we're talking uh, in Revelation 12, 13, 14, roughly today, and, uh, and, and the word that came to me as I was, I was, I was really diving into what we're going to be talking about today, it's really about warfare. It's, it's really about this idea that we're in a spiritual war. We've kind of, uh, yeah, we kind of glossed over. Sometimes we've over-sentimentalized, and I tried to say that word in first service and didn't have any success, so you just fill in the blank here. We, we've tried to make our faith and, and, and the world that we live in and our spiritual world like two precious moments, and that's not what it is. This is a war, and I think you're going to see that today, the verse that Stephen shared, but you're going to see that in the passages that we look up today. There's a war for your soul, and there's a counterfeit. That, that word, I want you to hang on to that. Does anybody here have certain foods that there's only one brand that works for you? For me, it's Kraft macaroni and cheese. If you give me an imitation, the off deal, whatever it is, there is nothing like Kraft macaroni and cheese. I mean, everything else is counterfeit. Have, anybody else there? Maybe you've got that kind of food. One thing I've discovered about counterfeits is you've got to watch yourself on Amazon. <laughs> There's a lot of knockoffs out there, and you think you're buying a brand name, and then it gets to your doorstep, and you find out it's a, it's a knockoff. It's not the real thing, and until you get it to your home, you got to be careful. So look for the five stars, but even that is no guarantee. There are a lot of counterfeits out there. I got taken on a counterfeit one time uh, when I was, uh, I was managing a sales group at a company, and I had a, a, hired a young salesman. He was a real go-getter. I mean, this guy was, he, he was bright. He, was, he had energy. Uh, he had, and he had an associate's degree, and uh, he was, he started started going, and uh, he, he was working out well, 
and he told me he wanted to get his bachelor's, uh, get a degree, advanced degree, and so, so he went back, and boy, it wasn't, I'd say, nine months to a year later, he had the parchment. It just didn't add up, and the name on the parchment didn't add up, so we started to do some little investigation, you know, you kind of check this thing out, and we found out the, the place that had issued the diploma was one of those diploma mills. Uh, he hadn't really done the work. He had just gotten the degree, and uh, he, he was a counterfeit. Uh, we had to let him go. You know, there are counterfeits all around. Fred Barossa was a counterfeiter. He's probably one of the more famous ones. He counterfeited more money than anybody else in history that can be determined. Uh, he actually made $20 bills. He was so successful that he counterfeited $250 million. He was finally caught in 2012. Some FBI sting finally caught him. But the counterfeit 20s were so good that they say there's still some out there today. And you probably have passed one or somebody that you know probably have passed one because there's so many 20s out there and they've gone so far that they haven't got them all out of circulation yet. And, and you start to think about that and you say, well, counterfeits. When it comes to the spiritual, that, that's scary, isn't it? $20 bill, eh, you know, if you get burned on 20 bucks, it's not the end of the world if you get caught with a counterfeit. But if you get caught with a counterfeit for all eternity, and it's not the real deal, and it can't deliver what it promises, now that's a whole nother deal. Today we're going to be talking about the mark of the beast. That sounds ominous, doesn't it? It's because it is. And, uh, and yet it's a part of the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's, it's the revelation that God gives through John to you and me so that we can understand what the end times are and not just to understand them so we can like, oh, wow, this is like a sci-fi movie. I, it's crazy. No, it's not that kind of a, a, a thriller for us. The reason Jesus reveals is so you can know the truth, so you can discern between the real and the countership. The counter chip, the counterfeit. You know where I'm going next. People have asked me over and over and over, hey, how, how do we know if we bought into the counterfeit? How, how do we know if we, if we would accept the mark of the beast? Is it, the, is it a chip? Is it going to be this new medical passport? And on and on it goes. And uh, great questions. Those aren't bad questions. I want to dig into that today. Are you guys ready? So let's turn to, to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. And let's let God speak to us today. We're going to start in verse 7. By the way, if you have the, the Valley app, uh, if you click the U version, uh, download that Valley app. If you click the U version link, you can get all the passages, fill in the blanks, and the teen camp and all that good stuff is out there. Love for you to do that. Uh, you can get that online with the, if you're watching online, you can get it by following the link there as well. It said, then war broke out in heaven. Somebody after first service, told me, there was war in heaven? Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough. He was not strong enough. They lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. See, we've, we've kind of we've kind of made a precious moments of, of spiritual things sometimes, but I want you to know there's a real war going on. When, that's why we, we provide air cover in prayer. 
Because when you come here, there's a spiritual war for your soul. There's a spiritual war where you go out. There's a spiritual war here. And there's someone, a dragon, Satan. It says that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. See, there's a symbol, if you look at it, the symbol of Satan, the, the image for Satan is, is a dragon. Now, we, again, when I was a kid, uh, anybody remember Puff the Magic Dragon? We used to sing that song, Puff the Magic Dragon. Anybody? Is that? Okay, I'm off a little bit on the key. I get it. Okay. We sentimentalized it. We made it kind of cute, but in the end, it's not cute because he's your enemy. He's that ancient serpent. He, the dragon is the, is the one who wants to counterfeit you. See, Satan, Satan wants, to, wants to win you for himself. He wants to steal your worship. He's a fake. It says the devil, this is what John says, Jesus says through John, the devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so I want us to understand this today, and you're going to have to stick with me as we get through till we get to the mark. Satan sets himself up as a counterfeit to God the Father. That's what Satan does. He sets himself up as a counterfeit. He wants your worship. He wants you to worship him. And that's what he does. He, he goes to heaven to try to get your worship. He wants to steal you from God. Anybody ever seen roadkill alongside the road? Yeah, you know, if, if something, if an animal's been killed and it's alongside the road, if it's a deer, even if it has value in meat or, or some other, if it's laying beside the road too long, it has zero value, like, like it's decomposed. It's not good for meat or any other thing. I want you to understand that that's what Satan wants for you. That, that's, that's his hope for you. See, he wants to draw your worship, but he wants to turn you into roadkill. He has nothing for you. He, he's the father of lies. He deceives you into thinking that he can produce something, he can provide something, but he doesn't come through. He doesn't deliver. And then there's God the Father, the creator of the universe, the one who made you and I, the one who calls you his masterpiece. He has something for you. He is the real deal. And so you can either take the real deal or you can take the counterfeit. And Satan sets himself up as the counterfeit father to get your worship. Something I want you to know today, some people fear Satan. I want you to know you don't have to fear Satan if you fear God. You don't have to fear Satan if you fear God. You see, he has no power or authority over you except what God has allowed him to use and, and if it has allowed him, and if you don't give him any room in your life, he has no power in your life. He has absolutely cannot do anything to you if, if you don't give in to his deceptions, into his lies. That's the power he has over you. So if you fear God, if you worship him, if you exalt him, if you are focused in on who God is and allow him in your life, you don't have to fear Satan. So I want you to have peace today. In the midst of the spiritual war, you know who wins. That's why Jesus gives us the revelation. He wants you to know about the war. You're going to experience the war, but you don't have to worry. You can trust. You don't have to worry. You can trust. Now, it says, when we go to Revelation 13:1, we need to, there's something else I need you to see today. It says the dragon, that's Satan, the enemy, right? The, that's the devil, stood on the shore of the sea. By the way, you have to know the sea was the, 
was the source of trouble in the days that this was written. That's where it was wild. It was, it, it, it was, it was destructive. That, that was the image of the sea. Bad things came from the sea. And so you have to understand, it says, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. That can't be a good thing. It had ten horns and seven heads with ten crowns on its horns and on each name a blasphemous name. It says, The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but it had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. It said, One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. It said, People worshiped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast, and they also worshiped the beast, and they asked, Who is like the beast? Who can wage war? against it and so we have the dragon who's satan and now we have a beast from the sea and who is this beast from the sea it's the antichrist maybe you've heard that term used before it's the antichrist the beast from the sea is this super leader who in human form is empowered and energized by satan himself and he emulates the other person of God named Jesus Christ. See, he's the counterfeit to who Jesus is. And he goes on to become the world dictator. Yes, there will be, at one moment in history, a world dictator. And it says the beast of the sea, or the Antichrist, is a counterfeit Jesus. He's Satan in human form, and he becomes a world dictator. He, he wows the world. He wows the world. Some of the things that he does like draws the attention of those who don't know better, who aren't worshiping God. You see, if you're worshiping God, you'd be focused on him. But if you're not if you're marked in Christ, you're going to be open to be marked another, another way. And, and so he begins his career and he builds and the Antichrist eventually solves the problem that every world leader has tried to solve. That's the Israeli-Arab war. How many try, had tried to fix that and can't fix that? Tried to, tried to find an answer to that, haven't found an answer to that? Well, the Antichrist will find an answer to that. In fact, he will make a promise, a covenant, with the Jewish people that it's all going to be okay. We read about it in Daniel chapter 9. It says he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven, a seven-year period. In the middle of the seven, that's three and a half years, he will put an end to the sacrifice and offering. In other words, he says, you can worship at the temple. I'm going I'm to protect you. I'm going to guarantee your protection. That's what the Antichrist does, this counterfeit to the human Jesus, to the God Jesus. And it says, he, he keeps his promise for three and a half years, and then he just throws it all off. See, that's what Satan does. He never delivers what he promises. And so he makes a promise, but he doesn't keep it. It says, at the end of the, uh, of, at the, uh, and at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation. Maybe you've heard that phrase before, until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. What's the abomination of the desolation? Satan has the Antichrist, this counterfeit to who Jesus is, set up an idol in the temple. There is, there is no greater blasphemy than to try to take God's place. And how many things in our life try to take God's place? We let them take God's place. 
and, and yet God wants to be first in our life. And, and here's the ultimate, that the Antichrist sets himself up in the temple of God instead of, instead of God being the center of the temple. And, and that happens. And that's what the Antichrist does. He draws the worship of men to himself. And that's the abomination that causes desecration. And there's more on that coming. But it's the height of blasphemy to try to take God's place. And that's what Satan does all through. That's why there's a war in heaven. He wants to be worshipped. He, he, he wants to take the worship that's meant for God and take it on himself. You and I have to be careful in our own walks, in our own lives, that we don't take on the worship. We don't take on what's meant for God. You do something you do something and God uses you in a mighty way. Make sure you redirect the glory to God and not to yourself. People are going to think he's wonderful and magical. Here's one of the reasons why. It says the beast will seem to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. Who does that sound like? It sounds like Jesus Christ because what happened? Jesus was sent in human form to the earth and, and he died on the cross for you and for me. He took our place. He took the weight of our sin, sin that we couldn't pay the debt on, and he died for us on the cross. And he was buried, a fatal wound. But then after three days, God the Father raised him from the dead. And by the way, the same power that raised him from the dead is in you. <laughs> and when that happens, people will be amazed. They'll be filled with wonder. And they will think that, that he is God or that he is good in some way. And yet he will still be the counterfeit to Jesus. Starting to see the pattern? There's a counterfeit to God the Father. And there's now a counterfeit to Jesus Christ. Look what's coming next. The next counterfeit. He said, then I saw a second beast. This is a, there was a dragon, and then there was a first beast from the sea, and now there's a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercised all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and made, made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people. It says, because of the signs it was, it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to set up an image. This is crazy. It ordered them to set up an image in the honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. That's the abomination that causes desolation. But it says, the second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast, who's the Antichrist. So the Antichrist sets up an image of himself in, in the temple to take God's worship away. And now this, this next beast of the earth, who, as you can already guess it, is the counterfeit to the Holy Spirit. And he gives breath to the image, like, like the image that is put in the temple, like all of a sudden becomes animated, is able to move. And so, so the image could speak and cause all who refuse to worship the image to be killed. So we got the dragon, we got Satan himself, the devil. And then we got the beast from the sea who is the Antichrist, who's in human form, who's the counterfeit to Jesus himself. 
And now we have the beast from the earth who's the counterfeit to the Holy Spirit. You see, we have, we've got an unholy trinity there. See, the beast from the land, the, and another name for him is the false prophet because what does the Holy Spirit do but point to Jesus? And Jesus points to the Father. See, there's one God, but three persons of God, and they're this holy trinity. They work together to reveal each other to, to do the to do the work of God, to, to live out the purposes of who they are. And, and so it's this holy trinity. And what does Satan do? His strategy in this war, even though he has no power except what God has given him, is to counterfeit the real trinity. And so as you begin to read through the book of Revelation, like this dragon and beast and this beast and who's who, if you, if you understand how who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, complete, perfect God in every way. Understand that there's a counterfeit trying to take his place. There's a counterfeit trying to take his place. And the greatest sign, the greatest sign that the counterfeit Holy Spirit, the counterfeit to the Holy Spirit is going to bring is to animate the Antichrist. People are going to be like, that, that's crazy. How could that happen? I'm going to follow him. And those who don't know the truth, who aren't marked with Jesus Christ, who aren't marked with God in their life, will fall for, for that. An unholy trinity. Here's what the prophet Isaiah says about Satan. He says, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. I will ascend to the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. And so if you want to understand what's the motivation of our enemy, because we have an enemy of our souls. It's not the people around us. Yes, God uses other people in negative ways in our lives, but it's the enemy is Satan. What is his motivation? His motivation is to take God's worship. He wants to be worshiped and glorified in the place of God. And it's always been that way, as we read in Isaiah. Satan's a counterfeit. He's a counterfeit. He will offer you everything, but he has nothing for you. Now, I want to move, now that we understand that, I want to move to the mark of the beast. And uh, like this is something I've never preached before. Just, you know, I've done series on revelations. I've, I've worked it into other messages. But man, God has just been revealing some things to me. And I'm like, God, I'm simple. So you're just going to have to like, like put this in, 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 in ways I can understand. And, and it's, it's sort of been, it feels like more opened up to me in ways I, I haven't been under, maybe understand quite as, as well before. It says this about the mark. It says it. This is the false prophet. It says or the antichrist. It's really, it's, it's the false prophet. Also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive the mark on their right hands or on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they, they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beasts, for it is the number of man. That number is 666. 
six. Now, that number kind of gives you, you know, that, that, that right there, doesn't it? See, <laughs> Satan's not only going to work in deceiving you into thinking that he's God, into worshiping him. Maybe you won't think that he's God, but you'll decide that, man, God's got nothing on this. Like, I'm, I'm going to throw in here with the enemy. I'm going to throw in, he, maybe not the enemy. He's not only going to use that deception, but he's also going to use pressure of economic means. He's going to use pressure, economic pressure, to, to move people because doesn't money move us? Do, doesn't, don't the needs that we have sometimes cause us to do things that we shouldn't do? And everybody except followers of, of Jesus Christ will be forced to, bring, to, to bear the mark of the enemy in order to buy and sell. It says that right here. Can you imagine if you don't have the mark and your child needs medicine to survive, to live, to overcome a sickness. Can you imagine the pressure? You, you, you don't have the mark, and you can't, you can't buy food. The cell phone stops working. All those things begin to happen, and you either receive the mark and live, or you don't take the mark, and, and you face seeming suffering and death. That's an economic, like, pressure. And so you got the deception on one hand, you got the pressure on the other, and many, many will push their first love. You see, if they, if they haven't really been following Jesus Christ, if, if you haven't really been trusting in him, it's easy to get caught up in the deception. Now, here's the thing. I, I think it's important for us to know the only way to get the mark is to pledge allegiance to Satan and worship him. Like, this isn't going to happen by itself. Nobody's going to take the mark accidentally. People have asked me, well, what if I, what if I get the vaccine does, and, and then I find out later it was the mark of the beast? Or if I, it, it's going to be real clear. It's going to be black and white. You're going to choose the mark of the beast in full knowledge of what you were doing. And here I think this is so important. You're going to have the mark of the beast or you're going to have the mark of Jesus Christ. You're going to have a mark one way or the other. You're going to have a mark one way or the other. Now, you might say to me, Pastor Andy, why would I ever take the counterfeit? Why would I ever take that? Because it's going to look attractive. It's going to look easy. And don't we get caught up in that? We start to live a counterfeit life, and we get a taste for the counterfeit, and then we buy into it, and we don't know the difference anymore. And then there's some economic pressure, and it doesn't take that long to realize, well, maybe we could get caught up in that. We could buy into the fake life because in some ways, that's what sin is. It's the fake life, and we bought into it at one time or another. Now, what's the mark going to look like? Is it, is it, is it going to be a chip, or is it, is it going to be a medical passport, or is it going to be your Social Security number, is it going to be your phone, maybe your driver's license? I, can I just say I don't really know? Is that okay? Because, see, a lot of people are dogmatic about some things in the book of Revelation, and God has not made it crystal clear. And if he hasn't made it crystal clear, don't base your whole faith on one dogma. It's this or it's that. How many people have tried to, it says we won't know when the second coming is, when Jesus Christ is coming back the second time to bring all things into order. And yet people are, well, it, 2,000, it's all over. That's the end of the time. And how many people have declared the end of the world how many times? And God says, you're not going to know. As soon as you guess a time, you're done. A date, you're wrong. 
And I think sometimes we, we get, try to get dogmatic about this kind of thing. Could it be, a, in, in the days this was written, when Jesus revealed this through John, the, his disciple, and, and, and John writes it all down so that, that God can reveal it to all of us, a message for us today as much as it was then, in those days, people who uh, were soldiers, if they were slaves, they, they would be given a tattoo to identify them as owned by a certain person. And so could it be an external? You know, I do know that the spiritual mark God wants to give you is on the inside. It isn't something we wear on the outside. It's not your clothes. It's not the behavior. It's, it's your heart. It's the attitude and the bent of your heart toward God. That's the mark that we have. Will there be an external mark from the enemy? It's very likely. If you read 20 books, you'll get 20 answers. I've discovered that. You will too. So what about the number 666 that will be part of this mark? People ask about that all the time. And that's like fascinating, right? If you're into numberology, you're like trying to figure all this out. I think it's pretty clear that 666 is a symbol, not a code. Now, the people that like codes, what they've done is, is, you know, in the original languages, they would assign a number to each one of the letters. And so you would, you know, you could decipher it. And over time, people have made Ronald Reagan, the Pope, uh, every, uh, lots of different pastors and lots of different world leaders into, into the Antichrist. So, like, they, they've, they've, they've figured out, and... I'll just tell you, if you work hard enough, you can make anybody, including you, probably, you can make the letters work. So I just don't think that's the answer. Here's, here's what I do think is the answer. What is seven is the number of completeness. As you look through all of Scripture, seven is the number of completeness. There were seven days of creation. On the sixth day man was made, things were incomplete, six. But on the seventh day, God rested. And he brought all things to perfection. Seven is the number of perfection. Seven, seven, seven is the Trinity. But the incomplete, the imperfect, is the number six. It's man. See, by ourselves, you and I are incomplete. Three sixes, the counterfeit Trinity. Three sixes, the counterfeit Trinity. See, God's not going to let you be fooled. There's going to come a day when when, in fact, you can tell now. See, the counterfeit can't stand up to the truth, and so you don't have to fear because he holds the sevens and the sixes. You can have the real thing, or you can take the imitation. God's not going to let you, Satan stamp sevens on you. If you take the mark of the beast, you're only going to get sixes, which is worthless. It might seem like something in those days, but it'll be worthless. So here's what I want us to see. Here's, now that we, we see this picture, we see that the dra dragon is the enemy, Satan. He's the counterfeit to the father. And, and we see that the Antichrist, the beast from the sea, is now the counterfeit to, to Jesus Christ himself. And, and then we see that the false prophet or, or the beast from the land, beast from the earth, is now the is, is now the counterfeit to the Holy Spirit. We see this unholy trinity counterfeiting. How, how does it all work? What, what happens? I want us to see this. This is so important. Everyone will choose a mark. Every one of us will choose a mark. 
Like, like it just won't happen. You'll choose a mark. Now, when I joined the Army National Guard, I was in for, for 12 years. Uh, I chose to become a combat engineer. That's the patch for combat engineers, the, the one underneath the flag there. And I was at 12 Bravo, and uh, that means we blew things up. That was my favorite part of the job, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> and, and we built tanks or traps, and we, and we tore things down. We did a lot of demolitions. We, we built bridges so that we could cross rivers or whatever else it might be. And there, there were all these kind of things that we did. But that patch identified me to the whole rest of the Army. They knew I belonged to the 12 Bravos. I, they knew that was the family I was part of. I want you to understand, that's the kind of the sense of the mark. You're going to wear a mark. You're going to be identified with someone or something. And you're going to be identified as either a follower of Jesus Christ or you're going to be marked for the mark of the beast. Look what it says in Ephesians. It says, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were what? Marked. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. He's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You're going to be marked with something. You're either going to be marked for Jesus Christ or you're, you're going to be at the mark of the beast. This is so important. If you aren't marked with Jesus Christ, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, if you haven't trusted in him, you haven't turned away from your sin and said, I need you to forgive me, because I can't forgive myself. And, and I've taken a counterfeit. And I know it's not real. And I've suffered the pain, the, 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 the grief. I've suffered the shame and the guilt. And I want to be forgiven. And I want to be made new. And I want to bear your mark in my life. And I want to live for you. And I want to follow you. That's bearing the mark of Jesus Christ. And that is on the inside. There is no patch for the outside. It's all in here. And it's really clear. But you're going to be marked with that seal, or you're going to be, and if you're not, you're going to take the mark of the beast. That's what it says here in Revelation 13, 8. It says, all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. Here's the key. All whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. I think what this says to us is that there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. You just don't fall in one place or the other. <laughs> you're either going to decide to be marked with Jesus and put your faith and your hope and your trust in him who is worthy to be worshipped. Or we're going to choose the counterfeit. It's going to be one or the other, but there ain't going to be no unmarked people running around. Like, oh, which category? No, going to know. And here's the second thing I want us to see today. The best way not to fall for the fake is to know the real thing. <laughs> the best way not to fall for the fake is to know the real thing. When I first became the lead pastor here about eight, nine years ago, and some of you know this, I got, a, I got an identical twin brother. And uh, so I decided I was doing a sermon on deception. And I thought, why not? And so I had my brother come in. I always sat right here. Coronavirus has messed me up. I, I've changed my habits just like you have. For 15 years, I've sat right here. And now I'm sitting over there. Has coronavirus changed your habits? Some for the good? Maybe some not, not so good? Like, be careful that your habits haven't gone way to convenience. It, and so I sat right here, and what I did was have my twin brother come in and walk, and I, 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 I kind of amused. I, I stood there, and then after the first song, I kind of made my way to the back. Nobody really noticed. And then Alan came in and stood next to my wife. 
And you know, and then I had them come on stage do announcements. Do you know that in about 10 seconds, people figured out about, not everybody, but people who knew me really well knew that wasn't me. They, they knew, I don't even know if it took them 10 seconds. You know why? Because they knew I put my arm around Paula. They know how I stand. They know my mannerisms. And in just a couple seconds, they knew that was an imposter. He was a fake. He was a counterfeit because they knew the real me. If you want to know the real, and you don't want to get caught up in the fake, you got to know the real. Jesus says this. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. So people fear, well, what if I give in? What if I make the wrong decision? What if I get all messed up? The only way that's going to happen is that you haven't got the mark of Christ in you, that you haven't built a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you know him so well that, like, you will just pick out the fake really quickly and easily. There's a tradition that says Queen Sheba came, you know, she spent some time with Solomon, if you read through the Old Testament, and she came to see King Solomon, and she knew he was wise. She wanted to test him. So she brought some of these artificial flowers that had been made to look perfectly like real flowers. And she put them in a vase, and then King Solomon comes in, and she said, King Solomon, you are wise. You're the wisest man in the whole world. Without touching these flowers, will you tell me which ones are artificial and which ones are real? And it is reported that King Solomon just, just looked at those flowers for a long time. He wasn't getting it. And he told, his, he, t- he told his help next to him. He said, open the windows and let the bees in. Because the bees will know. If you want to know, if you want to know whether something's real or whether it's counterfeit, like really get to know the real. And then the counterfeit will become painfully obvious. I think there's some other things that we got to be careful with, that we don't live in the world of imitation. You know, we're walking along, and we've said we were following Jesus Christ, but there are a lot of temptations in the world. There's some, there some counterfeits out there, some easy ways out that aren't God's plan. You know, you start to live into those things, you'll get a taste for the counterfeit, and your discernment will go bye-bye. That's a dangerous place to be, whether it's sex or whether it's a lifestyle, whether it's how you earn your money or, or the courage that you display, how you worship, whatever it might be. And then we're going to have to let God continually pour over us. I like coffee. Some of you do as well. we got a great coffee bar, don't we? It's pretty good stuff. And the hot water goes over the coffee beans, and guess what? After that happens, like the water, it is flavored like good stuff. <laughs> and it's got the caffeine in, too. <laughs> that never hurts. <laughs> you got to let the water of Jesus Christ pour over you. you got to let the water of God pour over you in your life. And that's reading his word, spending time with him. And as you experience, as you obey him, guess what? The water pours over you and you become flavored and you begin to look like him. And your, your counterfeit detector goes off every time you see the enemy trying to throw something at you. It just becomes really clear. So, so I want to I wrap all this up for us. You know, sometimes I'll have two or three applications. Like, you know, th- this is a couple ways you can take this message and run with it. Here's where the rubber meets the road. One, two, three, got one. J- j- just one. We'll, we'll make it simple. What I've tried to do in the Revelation, the book of Revelation, as I'm studying, 
is, what do I need to see out of this? What is God saying to me? What haven't I understood before? And how, even though it seems so inaccessible, so complex, a, a, a dragon, and then there's beast number one and beast number two, and, but you know, when you begin to see it as the unholy trinity, all of a sudden, like, okay, it all fits together. And he's trying to take worship from God. And he's trying to make us roadkill. Okay, I get that. And we can choose. And the plan that he had all along was that we choose him to put the mark on us, the mark in our heart, that we'd be marked as owned and identified as a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and we would be sealed and, by the Holy Spirit for eternity. And now, which starts now, and, and nobody can take us from God's hand except we ourselves can throw ourselves away over time if we continually reject God. But but nobody can take us from his hand. He, that, okay, wow, all of a sudden that becomes clear. And so what's the application? What do you and I do today? I think we got to get all marked up. we we got to get all marked up. See, the greatest, the greatest protection you have, the greatest sh- sh- hope and the assurance that you can have is to know that you are marked in Jesus Christ because you aren't going to give in to the counterfeit then. Only those who aren't marked with Jesus will. Because look what it says in Ephesians once again. It says, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of our salvation, the good news. Like, this doesn't have to scare you. You don't have to, like, I don't know how many times God says, fear not. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Worship God. Trust in him. Put your hope in him and in his plan. And you don't have to fear the enemy. It says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You have his mark. So you and me have to spend this time that we have right now to get all marked up. You ever seen people, um, like they're into tattoos? I know that's a a bigger thing these days. And and all of a sudden, you ever seen people that got so many tattoos, like they couldn't get another one if they tried. They're going to have to like get one covered up, put another one on. That's what you and I should do spiritually. That, that's what you and I should do spiritually. That, that's it. If you'll do that, it'll all be good. Because if you get so marked with Jesus Christ, you're going to know the counterfeit just like that. He ain't going to fool you. And when you are his, you, the guarantee is that the Holy Spirit, who is God, who has given every bit of leeway that, that Satan has. Every bit of authority and power, it's all managed by God. He doesn't have anything that he hadn't been given to him. The Holy Spirit is guaranteed that you'll be with the Father, that you'll be with Jesus, that you'll be with the Holy Spirit for all eternity, which starts in this moment. So you and I, you want to guarantee, you want to make sure that you don't make the wrong decision and buy into the counterfeit? Get all marked up right now. Get, get all marked up. And what do I mean by that? Man, give yourself completely to God. Don't hold back in any area. Don't say, well, you know, I'll deal with that later. I'll, I'll get that right next week. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make sure that you're fully marked up. And you say, well, how can I know how much marked? Can I do more? This isn't about doing. This isn't a... This is about being. This is about saying, God, 
I'm going to give you every part of my life, and I'm going to trust in you completely. I'm not going to trust as they did when we looked at the re- letters to Revelation, right? I'm not going to be lukewarm. Uh, I'm not going to let the, the Nicolaitans and, and, and Jezebel who, who suggested, well, we should have some of God, but we, should, we, need, we need the government too. Uh, not the government's bad, but you know, we're going to depend on them in the place that we should be depending on God. We're going to depend on other gods instead of just God. He says, I, lukewarm, I'll spit you out. I, I want people who are fully devoted to me. So it doesn't mean doing more, it means trusting just all you are, everything that's here. God, I'm trusting in you completely. And if you do that, If you're marked with Jesus Christ like that, you will not ever receive the mark of the beast. Whatever it looks like, your counterfeit detector will go off. And you say, well, Pastor Andy, in that moment, like if it gets really bad, my kid needs medicine. If you're really trusting in God, you're going to come to the place where you're going to trust that God has hidden manna for you. That God is going to provide in ways that you don't even understand. So you That's what trusting means, right? We don't understand how it's all going to come out, except that we know how it's going to come out. We just don't know all the steps. We don't know how God's going to work, but he's going to work. That's what God wants us to come to that place where we trust him that much. And we're living it out now, just the way we're going to live it out later. I'd love for you just to bow your heads with me. And, and, uh, you know, this is a challenging series and and, uh, kind of fascinating in some ways, eye-opening but some of you have probably come today, and this is your first time at the church, and uh, others, may, you've been coming for weeks and months, but you're still trying to figure out who Jesus is. You're still trying to figure out what this all means. And yet you've, you've known there's a spiritual war. You can sense there's a tug of war over your life. And now it all starts to make sense. And you're ready. Like you want to trust in a perfect God. A God who holds all things in his hands, who who works all things for our good, who died for us on a cross, who loved us that much, who doesn't want to leave us this roadkill, but rather died himself to take our place. You want to trust in him. Today, would you you just make that decision? I'm going to pray for you. Maybe maybe you're here today and like you've been sort of toying around. You're like lukewarm in your walk. Maybe you've let convenience get into your life. Maybe coronavirus has been part of that. and You've, you've gotten out of habits of uh, practices that God has called you to be in, and you've, you've gotten away from it because it's just easier another way. Or maybe you've bought into the counterfeit, and, and you've sinned. And now there's guilt and shame, and, and there's an area of your life you just need to say, God, I've I, I got to give that to you. I need the power of your Holy Spirit to make it right. Would you forgive me? Would you help me to walk from here? I want to be fully marked as your follower. I don't have any other mark. I want to be owned by you. I want to be identified as a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you today. Father, you know. You know our hearts. In fact, that's coming up in the message. You have penetrating eyes. You see everything. Nothing will remain hidden. Father, you know where we're at. You know what we need. And in spite of that, you'll love us. And Jesus, I just pray that you would, through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would just move on hearts today and that that those who have never said yes to you, have never been marked by your presence, who have never received that sweet forgiveness, the presence of your Spirit in their life, would you just 
would you just draw their eyes to you and help them to see how much you love them, that you want to forgive them, that you are the hope that they have for, for an eternity, for eternal life that starts now. Father, whether they've been here once, whether they've been trying to figure out you for a long time. Father, I also want to pray for, for those who've kind of just been toying around with you. And uh, Lord, every one of us have areas where we're tempted to just take it easy to coast. Father, we just put our lives in your hands. We give you every area of our life. We present our body to you as living sacrifices that we wouldn't conform to this world, but we'd be transformed by, by the renewing of our mind that, so that we can live out, that we can test, we can live out your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Lord, we want to be marked in you. Would you help us today? Father, we just give you all that we are, and we trust in you. Thank you for being a God who forgives. Thank you for, for being a God who is all-powerful, who knows what he's doing and knows the plan you have for us and is good for it. Father, help us to see with eyes wide open all that you want us to see. And we ask it in your great name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, if you began that journey today, you've come to that place where you want to be marked in Christ and you've made the decision, I'd love to hear about it. I'll be right here. Maybe, if you would, would you just mark it on your connect card and tell us, we'd like to walk these steps with you. We'd like to be along the journey with you because we don't do this thing alone. We, we really don't. Man, this is fascinating, isn't it? It's amazing what God has shown us so that we don't make the steps. And so I want you to go, be marked with Christ, and go tell the world. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected to all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.